Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast where we discuss one, just one page of Talmud every day. Today's a heavy one. It presents one of the most difficult questions to think through. So I summoned my friend, my mentor, Rabbi Jake Siegel, who is a writer here at Tablet Magazine, who is a captain in the U.S. Army, uh, who is a man of many achievements. Hello, Jake. Hello, Leo. I am a, a man, and I was a captain, but I think it'd be... None, none of the other titles necessarily other I think it'd probably be more accurate to say that you were a mentor to me, but thank you for having me on. Listen, I came across this paragraph that left me in a deeply existential mood, which is a mood that I usually call you to discuss. And I want to read it first in Hebrew because it's so beautiful and then in English. The Mishnah articulates a general principle. Get this. One is obligated to recite a blessing for the bad that befalls him, just as he recites a blessing for the good that befalls him. As it is stated, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. The Mishnah explains this verse as follows. With all your heart means with your two inclinations, with your good inclination and your evil inclination, both of which must be subjugated to the love of God. With all your soul means even if God takes your soul, and with all your might means with all your money, as money is referred to in the Bible as might. Alternatively, it may be explained that with all your might means with every measure that he, God, meets out to you, whether it is good or troublesome, thank him. There's something profoundly problematic, it strikes me, about that sentence. We're not necessarily Stoics, right? We're not necessarily Buddhists in this way. This demand that we say a blessing for the bad things that happen to us, just as we say a blessing for the good thing. How does that strike you? It strikes me now, maybe counterintuitively, as comforting, only because after many years of wrestling with how profoundly disquieting I found that idea that we should have to tolerate the existence of godly created evil in the world, let alone celebrated I came to, or, or let alone to feel it, it's a blessing. I came over maybe the last five or six years to a different way of thinking of it, which is as um, an expression of a kind of ineffable mystery that will always be a bit beyond my direct moral comprehension. Maybe that's a cop-out, but it has provided me from with some comfort to think of it in that way. Meaning, since I have no grasp anyway of the sum total of God's mysteries uh, and have no real way of knowing what's ultimately good and what's ultimately bad for me or for anyone else, I just say my blessings and move on? Meaning that I can know 90-something percent of what's good and what's evil, that I'm not moving through the world without any moral sense or inclination, but that there's an ultimate good and evil that 
is somewhere beyond my immediate grasp and where I have to defer to the law. Like, this is what the mitzvot is, whether I feel that it expresses what's in my heart or what God ought to be doing with the universe. That's, you know, this is, this is the law or, or this is the, the behavior asked of me. I mean, I hear as I'm saying it, um, that maybe it sounds like a kind of, uh, the kind of like logical trick somebody uses to evade a question, but I came to it in the army, actually, in a conversation many years ago with a Jewish chaplain when I was in the army who really got me thinking about it. Tell this. me about it. So a uh, quick bit of background. In 2012, I was at Camp Shelby, Mississippi for the second time in my life. That's where I demobilized when I came back from Iraq. And then I was there again on my way to Afghanistan. Um, not a great <laughs> place to hang out, uh, the army base Camp Shelby, but there is a great bar in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, <laughs> called the Thirsty Hippo, where very quickly I saw Daniel Lanois play in 2007, right before I went to Iraq. It was incredible. Um, drunkenly called out to him my favorite song, Sleeping in the Devil's Bed. I was like, Monsieur Lanois, Sleeping in the Devil's Bed. He stopped everything, quieted the whole band, and played Sleeping in the Devil's Bed, acoustic, like right there on the spot. Unbelievable. Phenomenal. Then I, I blew it with the girl who I was trying to. <laughs> but so it was a great story. After that, you had no yeah. choice but to go to Afghanistan right. because that, America would that no was longer Iraq. have you. That's right. But that was a wreck. Okay, so then the next time when I was on my way to Afghanistan, I had this Jewish chaplain named David Frommer, who's a great guy, uh, who's actually subsequently written something for Tablet and... Um, I think it came up in the context of Purim in the book of Esther. And we were talking about this idea of like God, not only allowing evil. See what I had to get beyond was the idea that there was a logical contradiction and that I needed it to be like logically worked out. How could God allow evil? And the way I got beyond that was what Chaplain Frommer is now a cancer in San Francisco said to me is no, God doesn't allow evil. God created evil. God is the author of evil. And, you know, there's that passage in Isaiah that he emailed me in an email that starts, Jake, I'm really, I'm really glad you came today, but I'm even happier that it seemed like you had a good time and came away with interesting concepts to ponder. Ba, ba, ba. The struggle is at the core of Judaism, the struggle with God doing evil. So anyway, the, the line from Isaiah, which I'm sure you know, Liel, is, I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create evil. I am the Lord that doeth all these things. And there are different ways of understanding the ultimate meaning of that. But the first step for me was to understand that the Lord created evil, doesn't allow evil, created evil, that there's only one universe. Right. There's nothing, in other words, that lives beyond the stars. There's nothing that is sort of mystically just past our reach. Everything is here. Everything has the same source, the same author, the same creator, and everything demands our response in just the same way. Yes. Something along those lines is now. I, yes. I mean, that's sort of like where it starts, right? And an older version of me would have been, I would have viciously attacked this like, and you know, in Karamazov terms as, 
what's all the justice in the world for the suffering of one child, right? right? Like, but I, I doesn't, it's not all supposed to immediately, I'm not supposed yeah. to grasp every last bit of it is something I've had to accept. Right. And it's not all immediately supposed to cohere. Right. Which is why the only thanks we could ultimately give is uh, to the one true judge. Yes. H how does that insight inform and, and shape your army experience coming when it did on, on the spectrum? That's a really interesting question. Um, I'm not sure. I, I guess in a way my wrestling with my army experience sort of cuts in the other direction in the sense that because that is the ultimate in the political as opposed to the spiritual or moral realm, I demand that it does all make sense, you know? So it's like um, kind of a contradictory impulse because on the one hand, I can accept the idea that there's evil in the universe. On the other hand, I can't accept the idea that we're still in Afghanistan for no good reason. Yeah. And um, I do demand an accounting for that from the earthly authorities if anything and it, it helps you make these distinctions in a far sharper more meaningful way that's right i think so i think that that's right yeah well let us all continue and struggle with the magnificent difficulties of blessing the good and the bad jake siegel thank you so much thanks my friend This has been Take One, a production of Tablet Magazine. If you enjoyed this show, please go rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on. Each week, we'll be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly section of Reading Dafyomi. I'm your host, Leah Leibowitz. Our producer is Josh Cross. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash take one or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. I hope we've made your day a little bit more Talmudic, and we'll see you again soon.